0: Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. I'm coming to you today from the traditional, unceded, ancestral territories of the Tsimshian to Shakwetmak people within Shequemaculu. And I'm very honored and grateful to be able to live, work, and play on these beautiful lands. My guest today is Sook Paul Carr, or Suki as her colleagues and friends know her. Suki is an HR coordinator at Great Canadian Entertainment at the Chances Casino Dawson Creek. She's been with the organization for two years this July. Prior to moving to Dawson Creek, Suki attended TRU, Thompson Rivers University, joining the university in 2018 as an international student. As she describes it, she has been on a beautiful journey since then, making the transition from international HR student to HR professional and permanent resident. I have had the pleasure of knowing Suki since 2018. She was my student and now my friend, and I can attest that she is an amazing person with just the kindest heart. In this episode, we talk about Suki's career journey, what she's learned along the way and she shares some really helpful advice for all of you who are recent graduates and might be early in your career journey. I really do hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools and strategies to build credibility, confidence and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. Welcome, Suki. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here.
1: Of course. Well, you're welcome, Melanie, and I'm glad
0: for the opportunity.
1: I mean, thank you for having me.
0: It's it's really nice to see you. As uh, as I said in my introduction, we've known each other for a few years and been really fortunate to stay in touch with you after your graduation and see some of your success as you've embarked on your HR career. So really thrilled that that I could have you on today.
1: Thank you, Melanie. I'm super excited for it too, and I'm glad I've been in touch with you. That was that's been awesome, and I'm I'll probably be in touch with you for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. You've got a long career ahead of you. So before we get into that, you know, one of the things I like to talk about on this show with graduates is really what inspired them to pursue HR studies. So I'm wondering if you can start off just sharing a little bit about what caused you to pursue HR when you studied at TRU in the first place.
1: Yeah. So I've got a little bit of background to why I started with my HR is once I was done high school, I went for my graduation and bachelor's in journalism and mass communication. And during my last year, we all had to do an internship. So that's when I decided, okay, I'll be working for this production house in Mumbai for two months. And while I was there, they gave us an opportunity to explore different areas of production and journalism and different things would be with the editing team we would help them with their contracts and that's when i realized to me the most fascinating part was when i was interacting with their employees or their contractors and then that made me look more into okay what can i do something or where can i be that'll make me happy and it'll be a similar experience that i deal with the internal part of the company and That's when it clicked, okay, human resources, and I looked online, and probably Camloops. my idea was, okay, look for a small town where I won't be distracted, and just can focus on my human resource management education, and there I landed, 2018, April.
0: Wow, I didn't actually know that. Uh, There's a couple things there that I find interesting. I don't know too many people that look for a university experience where they won't be distracted. So good on you (laughs) for that. (laughs) Um, Most students are looking for places where they'll, you know, be able to have some fun as well. And so when you were in your internship, Did you know what human resource management was at that point? Or was it through that experience that you learned what HR was?
1: So I did have a brief idea about what the human resources looks like. But then once I went and did my internship, that gave me a curiosity to go and find out more about it. Because to me... At that moment, human resource, okay, you hire employees and then you do, do a bunch of paperwork. Okay. Then I'm like, later on, I discovered, all right, it's not just hiring and firing. There's a lot more to it. And I thought I'd really enjoyed being one.
0: You know, I think a lot of people, when they first think about HR or they are first exposed to it, it's through the hiring process. So naturally, that's what a lot of people associate HR careers with but as we know it's so much more than that so it's interesting that that was kind of your first impression as well because I know it was mine definitely that it would involve a lot of hiring and and potentially firing Mm -hmm. as part of the job. So 2018 you come to Kamloops from did you come directly from Mumbai? No
1: so what happened I went to Mumbai for my internship but then I went back home, finished my graduation. I took a year to decide where I wanted to go and how I wanted my plan to work out. The first part was convincing my dad because I was going to a whole new country. And then, yeah, I, um, I came from Rajasthan. It's one of the beautiful states in India, and it's really known for its tourism. So I flew from there, and I was, yeah, I landed here in 2018.
0: Nice. And did you know anybody in Kamloops when you arrived?
1: No, I I was speaking to a few um, classmates, you can say, or some students from the university online before I arrived here. But to be honest, I didn't know anyone. I just started wow. my friends then.
0: That's really brave. I, I admire anyone that makes that leap to go and, and study in a completely different country and, and not know anybody because I'm sure it was you know, maybe exciting, but also maybe a little bit overwhelming at times. That's true. I was a little nervous
1: and to be honest, a bit scared when I thought I would do this. But it's just like how I said, it was a little hard convincing my parents first. So convincing myself that I can do it and then seeing that my parents were on board. And when I got here, people are very nice and friendly. So that helped a lot.
0: That's great. I like hearing that. What did you enjoy the most about your time at Thompson Rivers University or or your whole post back university experience?
1: I'd say there were two things that I can think about right now that I enjoyed the most. One was that I worked on campus, which made it a lot more easier for me to work and go for classes. Everybody I met, the professors and my classmates, my friends, They were so awesome. The second best part is I love dancing. And I had a few opportunities to perform on international days and uh, on a couple. They organized this festival for Bali, so I was able to perform on that day as well. So just performing and meeting people from different countries, students from different countries. That was quite the unique experience, and I always cherish it.
0: That's that's wonderful. I, I do think that it's something that we offer that a lot of universities don't. I was just traveling for some conferences and I happened to be in Florida. And at this workshop I was at, there were a number of representatives from American schools. And when I talked to them about the number of international students we have, Some of them were shocked at the percentage that we have, especially within the business school. Um, A number of them have international students, but not to the degree that we do. I know there are over 100 countries represented um, on our campus at this time. So it's pretty remarkable. Or there have been over 100 countries. I don't know if it's exactly at this time. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's excellent that that you sort of embraced that experience and got to meet people and, and engaged with campus. I remember you being very, uh, very engaged with things that were going on. And I think that contributes to the experience.
1: Absolutely, I, I completely agree on that. And when you say 100, I would totally agree. Like I can maybe write down a few countries myself and it'd be over 15 or 20 that I knew and I'm still in touch with, like my classmates or friends. So it's it's pretty impressive. And um, another thing about TRU is like, it just embraces everybody, no matter where you come from. And it's the same experience. And it's just so much to explore. And I'm so glad I was a
0: part of it. That's great. So what year did you graduate? So I graduated in 2020. So you were a pandemic grad. I was, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes, not convocation
0: yet. Yeah, I know that's so sad. It's it's convocation this week that we're recording, and you know, there's just this energy around it that makes people feel good. And I know of students that are coming back to to have that experience, and I feel so bad for all of the students that weren't able to to do that. We had makeup ceremonies, but it's not it's not quite the same.
1: No, absolutely. I completely agree to that Melanie. Like, I mean, the university was awesome that they, even then during pandemic, they had this light show when it was done online, which was pretty awesome. They had our pictures and something nice about us, but in person is a totally different feeling. And I'm sure I may have missed on it, but at least I'm like, I like the term, like I'm the, the pandemic graduate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It means you're extra resilient, Suki.
1: Yes, I would totally accept that.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. After you graduated, I know that you moved to a smaller community. So what were some of the biggest challenges you faced when you were looking for your first HR job after graduation?
1: It was a little difficult to be honest, because again, it was during the whole whole COVID times. And it was hard because everywhere you would see those job postings and not one would say that, oh, you don't need experience. They would always be like, oh, a few years experience. And as a fresh graduate, it can be a little intimidating or scary to be overthinking that, oh, I do not have the experience. How would I get in? And to be honest, it did take me a while to land my first HR job.
0: I think that's really important to talk about the whole experience requirement. And I've talked about it on here a number of times and, and certainly with a number of students that often... HR departments are looking for people that have some experience. And there's lots of good reasons for that. But I also say, don't let that scare you off from applying, even if you don't have the exact amount of experience they're looking for, especially in this job market. I think there's two pieces to that, though. You have to be The job has to be at the right level for you. So if you're applying for an HR director job and it requires 15 years experience and you don't have any, that's too much of a stretch. But if it's an HR assistant or coordinator job and they're asking for one to three years experience, I think it's worthwhile not being scared off by that. Would you agree with that?
1: I I do, Melanie, and 100%. Uh, When I moved here to Dawson Creek and I noticed this was the second HR job because being a small town, there's not that we have a lot of HR job comes up here that, that will come up here. So this was the second HR job I applied for. And I remember reminding myself, like, it's okay even if it says two years, well, I can count in that I went to school for two years, over two years studying HR. So that's an experience, too, if not working, but studying about it.
0: The other side of it, too, is looking at other relevant experience, right? Sometimes we think that we have to have the exact job or experience in the exact job that we're applying for. And that's not always the case because you may have relevant experience providing supervision to other people, interviewing for a related or interviewing in your part-time job or being part of a student club and having to recruit people and offer training sessions. There's lots of ways that you can have relevant experience that are not exactly by holding that specific type of job. And I think sometimes students forget that, they downplay the experience they've had prior to their education and also the work they did during their education.
1: That's true, Melanie. Um, I just recall when I was applying for this job here, I remember reaching out to you first with my resume, and I thank you, first of all, for helping me out with it. And that's what I highlighted on my resume. It was my experience that I was a part of the TRU Toastmasters Club, and I ran for the elections that happened at TRU. So different things like that, like working at Airmark as well. So just highlighting those, and mentioning all the projects that I worked on while I was starting human resources. And one of them I still remember is where we were preparing the whole advertisements and everything. And that was in your class. And I put that on too. So it's nice because they, when I was interviewed for that job, they did ask me questions about the different projects I had mentioned. And I was like perfect. This works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting to me that pretty much every time I've looked at a student's resume, they rarely have relevant projects listed under their education, or, you know, like you said, clubs they were part of or events they helped organize. But all of those indicate some transferable skills and some relevant experience. So it's super important to Really brainstorm how you have developed the skills and knowledge and capabilities that you do have. And sometimes it just helps to have somebody kind of probe for those things, right? And, and that's why, you know, after years of doing this, it's easy for me to see things that other people don't see are missing.
1: Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you helped me out then, because I would have not thought about putting my relevant projects there or about being what I did, apart from studies, having it on my resume, revising it, having them on there, changed the whole look of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was quite
1: impressed by my resume. It's like, okay, if I was HR, I would interview me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one other thing I was just thinking about with the whole experience thing. So I, as I think you're part of the HR career cafe we have on LinkedIn. And so in this, in this group that I have for people who are early in their career, I share lots of job postings and, and other people share them as well. And sometimes I'll see like an HR coordinator job and I'll go look at the experience requirements, and it'll say minimum three years experience. So what I often do is I will reach out to the person who posted the job, and I will send them a message and say, hey, I know of some people who might be interested in this job. Are you firm on your experience requirements? And every single time they say no, (laughs) which makes you wonder why do they ask for them? But... (laughs) regardless i'm i'm not going to fix all everybody's recruiting practices right now but like not once have they said absolutely they have to have a minimum 3 years experience of already doing this work so there you go definitely as long as the job is in the you know if if you're in it looking for something entry level and as long as that's what you're looking for then go for it completely agree with that melanie for sure. And there's another thing that I have
1: been doing. So I'm still HR coordinator and I'm not working on any high level positions yet. But when I post positions and if there, it's an entry level role, maybe if we, oh, one year experience to experience. I don't put it as a requirement, just nice to have. So yeah. people don't feel intimidated. So I'm like, maybe there's a little change I can start as a professional That might help somebody out there who won't be scared of applying for something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's excellent. And I think we have to do more of that in HR, like really question what we're asking for on job postings, because... I mean, there's a lot of a lot of research that shows that women and people in equity seeking groups or equity deserving groups will not apply on jobs unless they meet all the minimum requirements and Lots of times, as we've already proven, they're not always requirements, but they're listed as such. And so you're missing out on potentially a lot of really great candidates just by putting too many requirements on your job posting. And in a job market like this, you're recruiting, Suki, you know what it's like. That's a terrible idea.
1: <laughs> it is, I would say that. Like there's sometimes when we've been like waiting for months and then a role wouldn't be filled, but it's interesting how you can tweak the job description a bit and that can change a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit about what helped you be successful in, in finding your first HR job.
1: I'll be super blunt here, Melanie, but it was your podcast. (laughs) It was one of, there have been different things, but it won't be fair for me if I don't say it would be a podcast, because when I started applying for that job, as I mentioned, first, I reached out to you about my resume. The second, I was following it thoroughly, like how to prepare for the interviews and the questions, everything about it. And another thing that helped me out is having a support system around me because the mm. whole process of job search can be very difficult. So having friends who are maybe going through the same things or not, talking to them about it, just not seeing myself... Cause when we're job searching, we can get quite depressed or sad about not getting the job and just be upset about it and not see ourselves apart from it. So just still doing things that you like and make it a part of your day, but don't make it your life. Like have a proper balance.
0: That's such great advice, Suki. And yeah, it is tough, right? And it's easy to get down on yourself. Um, If you're not seeing the success as quickly as, as you'd like, you know, and it's, it's really important to keep nurturing yourself and kind of practice some of those wellness activities, whether that's dance or cooking or spending time with family and friends, you know, you want to put in the time and effort, but you can't, if you become obsessed about it, you're only going to start to notice when it's not working.
1: Absolutely. Not. I completely agree with it. Because I realized I went through that phase where all I would think about was, okay, I'm not getting a job. And then you start to overthink it and make it worse for yourself. But then you realize, okay, you have amazing friends around, beautiful family or lots of things you can go out and do maybe dedicate two or three hours a day for the job search, but then keep on with doing other things that you would normally do.
0: Can you talk a little bit about how you prepared for interviews so were you doing interviews online at the time
1: yes i did so with our company we had a telephone pre-screen first and then once i got through that there was an online interview because our hr team is based down in vancouver mostly um so it was an online interview and what i did was prior to the interview i researched a lot i listened to your podcast and what I should do, what not, thinking ahead of the questions that they might ask, and just waking up that morning and being confident, even it's okay to be nervous, which I was, I would accept it, but preparing for it. It's important, not just what would be the word for it, not just going in and answering whatever, but preparing in advance and
0: So when you were preparing in advance, were you, you know, you said you were anticipating questions they might ask you, were you verbalizing them, like reading them to the mirror? Or were you just reading them on a piece of paper? Like, what kind of what was your process? Because you're very well spoken. And, you know, you're very confident person, even if you're nervous, right? But how how did you kind of practice those questions?
1: So first I wrote down all the questions that they may or may not, that they might ask. And then before practicing in front of the mirror, which I did, I wrote down the answers too, And because sometimes... You might just forget your script, but if you know the important points that you want to mention, that helps out. So kind of writing them down first and then practicing it in front of the mirror. I do recall I did practice it with my family, too. it was like, hey, do you want to ask me these few questions and see how I do? So I practiced it with them. And then the mirror definitely helps because you see how you're speaking and what your body language is like. So I did do that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I've always done with interviews. And even though it feels awkward, when I when I get into the interview, I'm much more relaxed. Because to your point, even though I haven't memorized everything I'm going to say, I know where I'm going with a an example or a story. So I don't I don't ramble on, you know, and and I think that's really helpful and it. And it makes you feel more confident, when you're in the interview, so you can respond more easily to something you didn't anticipate.
1: Another thing that helped me was this sometimes we can get caught off guard. And it's there's no harm in letting the interview, uh, letting the manager know that. Thank you for the question. Uh, can we please come back to it later? If you just need some time, ask for it, then just staying or blabbering whatever because that was one important thing I realized that helped me out in my interview because even if you practice it's great but sometimes they might come up with something which you have no clue about
0: yeah and when you're interviewing candidates now because now you're on the other side of the table do you do you offer that to them at the beginning like in your opening script do you say let them know that if they get stumped on a question or they want you to come back that's okay
1: I do, I do. That's, that's definitely a part of all the interviews I do. So usually I sit down with my managers and they'd be the one going forward, but I make sure if they don't mention it, I do because that puts every, uh, the applicant at ease.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a really good practice. I, certainly always done that in interviews, kind of take a few minutes at the beginning to explain the process and what's going to happen and who's going to ask questions. And, you know, if they aren't sure about something, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, right. And and you do see people kind of their shoulders just <laughs> relax a little bit when they, you know, they know you're a person and you're not just jumping into the first question kind of thing.
1: Agreed 100%. And with my interviews, I noticed too, is like, it's, it's so important because when you're on the other side, when you're interviewing for a job, you're so nervous and everything. And now I always think, OK, how would I feel if I'm in the other person's shoes or I know how I, how I was feeling? If there's anything I can say or do to make them comfortable offering a glass of water before they start asking them how they're doing instead of just diving in, that helps a lot.
0: I think we have to remember that we were once on the other side of that table or Zoom call or phone call, you know, because when you, when you interview a lot, and I've been in pure recruitment roles before, where that's all I did was recruitment, it kind of becomes routine and you forget that it's not routine for the person on the other end of the phone that they've, you know, that they're nervous about it, that they've put time in this maybe this is their first experience like this in a while, you know, just because you do it four or five times a day doesn't mean they have. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about where you are now. So where has your journey from that interview process led you? Where are you working now? What type of role are you in?
1: So when I was hired for this job, it was part time. Cause it's a small site that I work for. We're part of great Canadian entertainment, which has 25 properties all over Canada. It's in Ontario, the Atlantic and BC. But when it comes to Dawson Creek, we're a very small site and then they only wanted somebody part-time and I still accepted the job, but then I never worked part-time. So I was moved from part-time hourly to full-time. And then last last year, which was 20, you no, know, it was last year. I, moved into a salaried role. And then there has been immense opportunities because it might be an entry-level HR coordinator role, but the opportunities that I'm getting to learn are awesome. I'm getting to work uh, with other sites remotely. I have this hybrid work option too that I can work two days from home, which again is great for work-life balance. So I'm enjoying the job right now a lot and i have grown as a person as a professional a lot in it and made awesome connections
0: i I think sometimes that's you know one of the one of the most amazing parts of those first jobs is making some of those early connections and new people to mentor you and and it can be hard when you're when you're in a smaller community and there aren't as many hr people that's great that you're having that experience I was going to ask you, do you do you think that you've had more opportunities to be exposed to more in your role because you're in a smaller center?
1: I would say yes. Because okay. if I was um, down south working for a big corporation or, or with the whole team, I wouldn't have been exposed to those functions of HR as HR coordinator, which I am right now because I'm the sole HR person for the site. So everything from um, conflict to recruitment to any work safe files everything so i believe i have good mentors to work with so it kind of makes it easy that i'm being exposed to different functions of hr being here on a small site
0: that's great i know i've talked to a few other people about you know the opportunities that smaller communities present. And I've had a few students that have gone to um, more remote locations or smaller organizations, and they've been able to learn a lot more in a couple of years. And that's given them leverage to move into more advanced positions down the road or to move to other communities. So I, I think there's there's a lot of value if you, you know, don't mind the smaller town experience, which some people really love.
1: I, I would say that I'm enjoying the smaller town experience. And it's been a year, like when I first moved here, I was like, oh, my God, I thought Kamloops was small because I come from <laughs> a town in India. And I was like, OK, and then I moved to Dawson, which is not even what, 12,000 people around with the whole surrounding areas. But here I am, I'm liking the whole small town life. They have pretty fun events. And there's this big sense of community here where everyone comes together to help each other out and beautiful events that you can go and attend.
0: Yeah, and you know, I seem to recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were looking for your first HR job, didn't you do some volunteering that helped you meet people as well?
1: I was planning on, to be honest. Okay. I didn't get the opportunity, and with COVID, it was a little difficult. Yeah. But that being said, with our company, we have so much opportunities to be a part of the community and help them out that I have started looking into a few organizations here that I can just go and help.
0: That's great. Before we wrap up, I'm wondering if you can share some advice to other new grads. So, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you were looking for that first HR job and, and now you've had success with that and you're, you know, developing your professional skills and your HR capabilities. To all of those people that are gonna be walking across the stage uh, this week or or in the, you know, have done that in the last few weeks in other universities across Canada or around the world, what advice would you offer them?
1: I'll be very honest with them. Like I can totally understand if they're feeling scared, they don't know what to do, what the next step is. But the best thing that I did or I think anyone can do is reach out you're not alone like talk to friends who are in the same boat as you or reach out to like me I'm more than happy to help out like on LinkedIn or wherever but reach out just you're not in this alone there's lots of support and help available if that means listening to your podcast or that means reaching out to your other professors or your friends just don't be alone there's lots of help and support available and whatever I can do on my end, I will help. And there's nothing to be feared about. Do not forget to enjoy life, even though it may seem stressful.
0: Yeah, that's, it's really good advice. I think sometimes, you know, job searching is one of those things that we don't, nobody really teaches you how to do it and developing really good skills around it. Most people don't really want to because they're, they see it as kind of, one thing they'll do at a point in time and and maybe they'll never look for another job in their career unlikely but maybe
1: (laughs) and i just wanted to add melanie like yeah thinking this is now very personal and i i to me i could hear about it from my friends i felt it when we are on linkedin and you know when you scroll most of the things you see is like oh and so person started this journey like of course we're happy for them, but sometimes we also like, oh no, what's wrong with me or something? Mm. Like that were my thoughts. So like things around are going great for other people, they will go great for you too. Sometimes it may take time, but that doesn't mean that you'll always be there searching for a job. Like you will get the job one day. It it works out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, social media can be such a blessing and such a curse at the same time, because, yeah, yeah, you're happy for your friends as they get their jobs the same way, you know, people are happy when their friends get married, but if they want to get married, and they see people getting married, they're like, "Ah, I'm never going to get married, you know, all of those people do that with all kinds of things, right? We always want what we don't have. But I think, you know, that's one thing. You can turn that off. You don't have to go on LinkedIn and scroll. If you're no. going on there to look for jobs, you can just go look at the job postings. Or if you're there to connect with somebody, you can just connect. You you don't have to, you don't have to scroll. Or you can just, you know, sometimes celebrating other people's success brings an energy to us that helps us feel successful. And when we feel successful, well, success tends to come more easily but if we're always telling ourselves we're never going to get that job or we're never going to get an interview then that tends to have an energy around it as well and not a very positive one so working on those those beliefs that limit you Mm -hmm. um, can be can be really uh, damaging to the process right and it can slow things down absolutely I
1: just completely agree to it for sure because it, it's challenging, but again, just do what makes you happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, keep doing those things that make you happy. Keep dancing. <laughs>
1: yes. Are you still I, dancing? Are you still um, dancing? I do dance here at home, but there's this plan I've been thinking about is now that I do have my permanent residency. So I will go to India for a few months, take professional classes, and I'll have my part-time dancing thing where I'll be teaching it to little kids.
0: Oh, my gosh! I love that so much. That's amazing. Thank you, Melanie. What a wonderful thing to to add to your life and and uh, to the community. I think that would be amazing. Thank yeah.
1: you. I'll keep you posted for sure.
0: Yeah, do definitely. And we'll put links to your LinkedIn and uh, your contact details for social media in the show notes of the episode and then if people want to reach out they can do that and if you post any dance videos Suki is a beautiful dancer for anyone that hasn't seen her dance I've seen some videos and yeah you're really wonderful thank you Melanie that's so kind of you. Well, Suki, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you're busy and you have a puppy and (laughs) you've got lots to do. So I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me today and to share your perspective and your advice. I know it's going to help people. And I've just been so inspired by watching you go from a student to a professional and the way that you've even in the tough times, you've really worked at staying positive and, and prioritizing the wellness pieces of your life. And I think it's, it's an admirable to see that.
1: Thank you, Melanie. Oh, my God, this just gives me a whole flashback of my last five years. And I love it. Thank oh. you, Melanie. And glad for the opportunity that I could share my experience. I really admire how you're doing this for everybody. And, you know, people have something they can relate to, and it helps a lot. So thank you very much.
0: You're most welcome. I love doing this. And I I love hearing that, you know, it helps people, even in a small way, it makes it all worthwhile, definitely to take the time and, and I love connecting with former students. So yeah, it's great.